and welcome to another edition of the Murdoch and Frame podcast with myself, Graham Murdoch, and my co-host, Andrew Frame. Andrew, how are you today? Very well, Graham. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm awesome. Yeah, we've got some signing news to talk about, Andrew. Yeah, not just one, but two. Exactly. Don't say we don't spoil you. <laughs> so, we've got we've got the two signings. First of all, we've got Sebastian Thornell to talk about. We've got Shane Owen, our new netminder. A beard that should be feared. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the announcement that Alan Anderson won't be returning to the Flyers. We know that for certain. And he will be joining or staying with the Kestrels, I suppose. And then we've got our, we've got um, Andrew's wall of frame. So who will join Bobby Shamont, Danny Stewart and Kyle Haynes as the fourth recipient of, I don't want to oversell it, but the greatest award. Well, that any greatest player, wall in the Elite League. The best wall in the Elite League, yeah. Let's go with that. So, Andrew, have you decided who's going to be on the wall yet, or are you just After going to wing it like last literally, week? Literally, I'm going to say hours of deliberating between player and player and player. I'm happy with, I think, we have picked now um, for the fourth inductee. Superb. Well, we'll get to that in the next 20 minutes or so. But first of all, let's talk about some signing news. Andrew, which one do you want to talk about first? I, either. Both very good signings, so... Yeah. Let's go Let's go with Thanel there, because he was, he was the first one to sign up. Yep. So, Sebastian Thanel. I've got a feeling that I'm probably pronouncing that name wrong. It's okay. We're, we're, we're not uh, full-on full our um, French... Accents or French pronunciations, so no, my Quebecois chat is weak. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll I'll accept that it was good enough for me. I, I couldn't say I got up with the signs we've signed, so well, I'll take it that's what it said. Thanel, yeah, Thanel or Tanel, I don't know. Um, I'm sure we, we will find out obviously in, in coming weeks. Is say uh, once he's kind of over and he's able to. to sure, I'm sure that either Ross or Ali will ask him how it's pronounced. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. This guy comes with quite a pedigree, Andrew. Massive pedigree. Oh, you look at his numbers and you just like you just want to just go, wow, you really do. Day numbers he's put up in the CHL, in ECHL, and he's in France as well. Obviously, he's had two two separate seasons in France. It just just shouts out class to me. It really does. Is you can see he's our marquee sign. He's a go-to guy. You're thinking the boy that that we'd expect to score our goals and be our creative spark this season. Um, 35, so he's a bit obviously older, but, you know, we'll, you look at David Ling, for example, 41, and how much points he put up the first time around in, um, in Nottingham. So we can always hope that if um, Thanel comes in and can replicate his kind of performances, then the Fife's have got one absolute gem of a player. I should just point out, the numbers you're talking about are really easy. CHL numbers are the ones that are most yeah. impressive in terms of the longevity. We're talking 698 games, 310 goals, 609 assists, good for 919 points, at a points-per-game ratio of 1.32. Up until this moment, Andrew, which player do you think had the best CHL points-per-game total, for the, you know, in terms of prior to joining Flyers? Yeah. CHL. Yes. Oh, um, I should say that's Central Hockey League rather than CHL, the wider sort of name for the 
Canadian Junior Leagues? I don't know. I'm going to go for Jason Pan. No. It's a... Bobby. It's Bobby, yeah. I mean, like it was actually quite an obvious one in, in the end. It yeah, was... but I thought, I thought you were throwing a curveball there. That's no, why I was no, trying to think of something that's why, that's why I asked you, little, because I, I thought, <laughs> let's see what happens here. Right, so um, Bobby Shimon put up a point per game, 66 points in 66 games. The season, I suppose the season in between these two spells with Brayhead. Yeah. And then as a whole, he's put up 0.82 points per game. So it's 242 games, 225 points. So... Like that kind of puts you into perspective what we're getting from Thanel, in that he's clearly a guy who's scored at a much better rate than somebody like Shimon. And he scored a lot of points for us, so. And yeah, exactly. So that's that's what we're looking at here. He last season got twenty five points in twenty three games in the French league. That's a points per game ratio of one point zero nine, which is a bit of a drop off. From what he'd been putting in the in the CHL, is that something that concerns you, Andrew? Uh, no, no, not really. It's like I would say, it's two different style of hockey. I don't think how many guys have came from France across and played in that league that have put up massive points in that league. Two different style of hockey, but I also think the games that they play as well. That's only twenty three games, is twenty five. You know, some guys, the other ones, he's playing sixty odd games and getting eight points. So he's got yeah. more of a he's got more of game times. To get more points, where less games, you know, he, he might have went uh, a wee bit. I'm not saying he has because I don't know. He might have played injured for 10, 15 of the games, say, you know, with a slight injury and played through it and, and wasn't playing at his best. You just got to look at it and go, we're still hitting over a point a game. So when he comes into our league, as long as if he hits over a point a game, we're happy. We've got somebody that's, that's um, producing for us. So he scored a, a rate in 23 games. He scored points per game 1.09. So what's do you know, know who scored at a rate of 1.08 the season before in that exact same league? My good friend Stocks. Shane Stockton. So Stockton put up 27 points in 25 games in that exact same league. Obviously a year apart, but so I don't really know what that tells you about about Thunel. And that's that's the thing that's kind of I, his CHL numbers are incredible, and I really like this signing. I think he's a, a veteran presence. I think he's someone who, if he's not earmarked for the the vacant coaching position, he's certainly someone who will be in the you know in the discussion in terms of one of the captaincy roles. But I think I think his his last season just shows you the sort of. I don't know what it is. It's sort of the uncertainty that every signing brings when it come when they come to yeah. the British leagues. I think Definitely. so. I while like I've got to say I like I I do like the signing. I really do. But then at the same time, I don't know quite what to expect from here because obviously France playing a similar sort of rice pad to to the elite league, and it'll be interesting to see how that translates. And obviously, in terms of players from the, for the Flyers that have uh, that have come in from France, I think we're looking at Stockton last year, and then prior to that, Tim Hartung and Derek Rail. Yep. None of which particularly put up massive numbers, albeit all three of them have scored really important points for the Flyers over, over you know, in their respective seasons. So yeah. it shows you. Virtually nothing, really, 
you know, especially with the fact it's only three players, it's a very small sample set, but it'll be interesting to see how his game translates to from the French games to the to the British leagues. He probably will get an advantage from the fact that most teams in this league play, although it's the wider ice pad and whatnot, it's a it's more a North American style game rather than the European. I don't really know what the French leagues are made up of, you know. So I, I yeah, I don't know either. But I think they play a more European style in France. I'm not. I can don't quote me on that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, but I mean, I certainly think that he he's going to be coming in and playing with. He definitely suited to the. North American style of hockey, the oh, yeah, European yeah, style. Exactly. I think he's definitely much more suited to, to that North American style. So that's probably what we're going to be looking at from him. I think the the comments from, from Todd Doyum, the, the Todd Talk series that Alan McLaren's doing for Flyers TV, he was talking about players coming in and having that work rate. And really the players, you know, the players having that work rate similar to some Ryan Dingle. It's obviously one that we've singled out, you know, over the last however many months, you know, Dingo's certainly the one we've singled out kind of repeatedly, Andrew, and it seems as though that's the one that Dutz is trying to bring in players in that image. Definitely, and I think obviously it makes it easier to relate to the fans when Dutz is saying, I'm looking for guys to play, not exactly the same, but similarities to Dingo, because we all know what Dingo can do on the ice for Fife. You know, he could could pluck somebody out of the NHL, or somebody that plays like the NHL player, not to the same level, obviously, but then some fans aren't going out. So, to pick somebody who we, as you said, we have during this whole these podcast pinpointed and said these are the kind of guys we're needing. Dutch is kind of saying to exactly that. That's what he's looking at. Guys who work great, guys who are going to make um, the rest of his teammates accountable. A bit more experience. So before we've been signed a lot of younger guys. So maybe that more experience. You know, the times come and they, we'll go. We'll probably talk about through the season a lot about these enforcers are coming into the league. These guys are a bit more of experienced them might know not to get themselves caught up in the in the little niggles and that that are going to get them two minute penalty when the other guys get a two minute penalty and then yeah. what Dutch is looking at well if these guys are more savvy we don't take the penalties they, they, they add the penalties to what they're giving us so they come in they made a bad check and we're giving or you know they're niggling away at us they're getting a two minute penalty and, and we really retaliate to it and get a two minute penalty as well. And that's what probably why he's bringing in that experience. Exactly. It's a really good point. To, and he's hoping that... It was the same as when we had Mo back in the BNL days. He wants to make the power play our kind of enforcer. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's it. That's, I mean, that from back in the day, that, that was Kenny Holland, Detroit Red Wings general manager. That was his quote. He said, you know, people said, why didn't you have an enforcer? He's like, our power play's an enforcer. And they had... I mean, granted, they had on that power play... You know, Pavel Datsuk in his prime, Henrik Zetterberg in his prime, and Nicholas Lidstrom in, you know, just in his life because he he didn't have a prime. He just he was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, he just had he just had a life, uh, or just had a career. He's still alive. Uh, <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Harsh, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting. The thing is, it's going to be interesting how that kind of plays out. He's the final import forward. I think it's fair to say I don't see us bringing in a ninth import forward and going with four import D. And what we're seeing is we're bringing, we're seeing a series of guys who are all they all bring a firepower to to this team. Now whether they can all play together and score together, that remains to be seen. But the fact there's eight of them there, and there obviously there'll be some Brits in there as well. 
you would hope that you could mix those combinations up in a way that would get three lines that can consistently score. Yeah. Or at least be a scoring threat. It's, it's going that way. Now. You know, I think last season we got good you know, productivity out of all three lines. Stewie got a bit more points than usual. You know, Paddy brought us points. And Gunny seemed to have a better season. You know, he was getting a bit more points. He was, and that's probably because he was getting to play with two imports. It made it not going to say easier for him, but no, I will say it, easier for him. You know, it's when you've got two guys off a better quality playing with you, it makes it easier for you and your game. And I'm going to presume we don't know, but you presume Gunny will be the guy who will start the season as that nine forward, and to have another two imports with him, and which we can get onto later on about the the Brett spot. I think we're now starting to see okay we're not going to have all three lines are not going to be the three best lines in the league but as long as we're getting a good points production a good performance from them every night we'll be happy we're not expecting every night for all three lines to score a goal and all three three lines to put up multiple points but it's good to have that three lines knowing that there's always going to be a line there that we should if one line's not playing to the best one night, we'll step up and, and get us the goals, get us the assist, you know, and, and be that line that's you know going to produce for us. And that's the thing is like there's there's the the makings of some real depth in here. We look back on as we always do. We have to look back on this in a podcast, the the year the Casey Haynes year, where we had that top line and Chris Hogg. So there was the four guys who were all in the top twenty in scoring, but they were very obviously that was the threat. Yeah. So the teams knew that if they could shut that line down, now they didn't do a great job of shutting that line down. It has to be said, because they <laughs> all were, you know, they all put up serious points, but they were the obvious threat. Whereas yeah. year on year, the Flyers have looked to improve the depth within the forward lines and improve the scoring chances of every line. And this season's going to be a real interesting one, just purely because. Danny Stewart's not going to be on that third line. He's behind the bench in Coventry now. You know, he's he's moved away, so it's going to be interesting to see now how the scoring threat maintains throughout the lineup. Because he was obviously... Third line. Chels. You know, you, you had that kind of... You knew what a Danny Stewart line was going to be. There was that continuity. You yeah. knew what was going to happen. He was going to skate around the zone with the puck, and the other two boys were not going to have the puck. <laughs> Like you knew that was going to happen though, yeah. that was consistent. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, it's it's actually going to be interesting to see how, you know, if it, if it is Stephen Gunn on that third line on the wing, it's going to be interesting to see how he copes with being the experienced head on the third line in in the Flyers jersey. Yeah, I know we've got guys that are bringing in experience, but you know, basically Gunn's entire time really with the Flyers, or certainly most of it. He's been playing on on Danny Stewart's wing. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to that. You know, because I think they obviously, they built up quite a good chemistry. That third line was, as well as they put up points, they were very effective from a shutdown point of view as well yeah. with the two of them. And it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that plays out and how the Flyers kind of build on. Because they had a good season last season. But I know Todd's saying that every year we've, we've increased our our points total or we've we've improved our league position that's obviously that's the aim once again it would seem so it's going to be interesting to see how they 
how they do that, you know, with and with in reality, a whole new squad. Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're talking about there's only three import forwards that remain. That being said, the three top scoring import forwards, but you know, there's 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 a lot of flux, a lot of change in the forward lines. And yeah. to be perfectly honest, at this stage, it's quite exciting to think about what what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen there? So it's largely all change up front, and it's definitely all change at the back with the addition of Shane Owen uh, and goals. Andrew, what are your thoughts? I really, I really like him. So I thought there's something when you look at him, he's like good, you know, average, save average and that. But I, don't, I can't take his otherwise. But just look at him; he's just like he's going to be a really good goalie for us, and he's young. So. I think I've spoke to you before about this game, like before we've uh, signed more, I would say, experienced goalies, more guys a wee bit thirties. He's a young goalie, so that that could work in two ways. Coming to a new country, you know, being a little bit less experienced in terms of his whole career. I think going by what I've seen on like YouTube and that, I'm playing in that. It looks like an outstanding goalie. He really does. He looks he looks really solid. Especially the last couple of years, the last three seasons. And you say like, you know, he is he's twenty six now, so the last three seasons, twenty three through twenty six, is really development years for a netminder. And really with the exception of a wee spell in uh, in Stockton, nineteen games where he's goals against average and his save percentage was a little bit shaky, the rest of the time he's put up really good numbers in the last three years. Yeah. Uh, and I've been really impressed by that. I'm gonna ask you a little question now, Andrew. Of the now five import netminders that the Flyers have had, Kevin Regan, Brian Pitton, David Brown, Garrett Zemlak, how many of them have played in the AHL? Obviously, including Shane Owen included as well. How many of these players? The AHL. The AHL, yes. So obviously Shane Owen's come from the ECHL. Well, he's played in the AHL. He played a game in the AHL, I think, for Hershey Bears. Is that right? Regan's played the HL. Penn, I, I, I think Penn's played there. Did, did, did Brown play? I'm going to say four of the five. Actually, all of them. Have played I, was, I, I wasn't sure if, yeah. if uh, Zemmers had played. Yeah, Zemmers played one game the yeah. same way that uh, the same way that Shane Owen played the one game. Obviously, yeah. Regan's played the most. Then actually David Brown's played 25 games, and then Brian Pitton. So I just the reason why I'm saying that is just actually just looking at Shane Owen's career. That's the one thing that's kind of lacking is is any real experience at the upper levels. But then at the same time, it's the ECHL that seems to translate, especially from a netminder point of view, it seems to translate quite well to the elite league. And I think that's probably in terms of in terms of stats, in terms of numbers and whatnot. It's difficult to kind of compare because you're comparing different teams. And a lot of the time, goaltender's stats reflect the teams they're on. You know, for instance, like we spoke last year about how the difference between Kevin Regan and David Brown's save percentages when Regan was with Flyers and and a Brown was, was with Hull. Their save percentage was about the same, but their goals against average, Brown's was, was 0.5 worse. And it's because he faced like an extra 500 shots. You know, so... That's, it wasn't as good as Regan either. Well, but that's the thing though. Their save percentage was the same, but yeah, the, the goals against average was was wildly skewed because 
different defences allowed different amount of shots. So that's obviously, that's really difficult to gauge. But whilst you look at Shane Owen and the fact he's moved around a lot, and that would immediately strike you as a concern that the fact that he's never really stuck at a team, he's he's moved around a lot, and really his stats have kind of been quite consistent over the last three seasons. Yeah. So although he's played for a number of teams, he's actually put up similar sort of points. So, I, you know, I, I would see that as a as a strength, if you like. You know, the fact that he's obviously able to, to look, by the looks of it, able to set into new surroundings and play his game and not really be put off by it. Yeah, definitely. For, for, for a young netminder, it's actually really impressive. He's not a good player. And he's obviously, he's a player who has played with, he played with Sebastian Thanel um, for Missouri in 2013-2014. And that's, that's once again, that's that kind of ethos that the club have of recruiting players that have played together to just allow that settling in period to, to, to be a little bit quicker. Yeah, definitely. Another thing about Shino and what the Flyers are probably brought him in for, nah, this is going to meet you some of the laughing, obviously, but I believe he wears number 50 and has a beard. Has a beard. So here we go. Merchandise is going to go through the roof again. Yeah, open those boxes. Just down be, those t-shirts they'd be, they'd be, exactly they've been putting storage but now they'll be back out yeah exactly does he have a mohawk I'm sure I'm sure if Flyers asked him to he would do it you never yeah. really see it yeah, exactly but, yeah. so it was alright with Nicker because Nicker used to take his helmet off all the time to fight so you can see his mohawk exactly when a goalie takes his helmet off they just perch on the top of their head so you'll never see the mohawk he just needs to like wave it about aye yeah at the end of the game don't forget to buy the t-shirts on the way out uh, <laughs> It could, it could be like the um, what Bounce does. Bounce does that wee wave hang after the games for Cardiff. He's only could skate around with his helmet off. Just yeah. point his mohawk. Remember, should, get a t-shirt. One of those, yeah, one of those t-shirt cannons. Yeah, with his ones on it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that'd be awesome. That'd be, that wouldn't obviously be as good as the one in Belfast where they put sandwiches in it. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> also, I don't see Fife doing that. I don't see Tamir giving away free t-shirts. Maybe it's like a, a flyer. It's a token. Yeah. Discount on that on that one t-shirt. You can only yeah, exactly. get this one t-shirt. There's discount on it. Well, if you caught the t-shirt, you probably have to pay for it on the way out. Aye. <laughs> you caught it. <laughs> There'll be a tag. The tag will still be on it. They'll put hey, a <laughs> security hang up to so the tag will be on it. Back in. Pay for the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, now that we've. Uh, ruined any chances of anybody from the uh, Flyers management coming on to the show. Uh, will we do the unofficial wall of frame? <laughs> yeah, we can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Andrew, last week, Bobby Chamont joined Danny Stewart and Kyle Haynes as the proud recipients of a uh, wall of frame inductees. This week... He did. That accolade goes to... A guy that's actually put on the same line as Bobby for two seasons through... Now, you might need to help with this because I don't know what... <laughs> My years aren't very good. For two seasons anyway. So that cuts it down so to a, few, a lot of people. But um, I, as I said at the start of the show, it was hard for me this time. I've, I've went through players and this player, that player, this player, that player. Just, and, I, and I found it tough this time to try and narrow it down. Um, I felt that my first three were were pretty obvious choices and that they probably gave the most of the flyers over their time. 
this time I've decided to go for Jordan Fulton basically on his first season. You know, he's a, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, Graham, but I believe he's the guy who has put up the most points in one season for the Flyers. Yeah, um, his 75 points in 2012-2013 ranks as the most points by one player in one season in the Elite League for the Flyers. Yeah. But I also based on his overall game, the you know the impact he had on the Flyers team that first season, you know that that gritty, you know under the nose player. The amount of penalties he drew, okay, he did start to take a lot of penalties himself through it. But just uh, he's one of the guys that watching every that first season, I just loved watching every week. Put up points, but also had that that not nasty side to him, but that. We'll see that gritty, cheeky side down where it just really yeah. got under everybody. He got under everybody's skin. Every player in the league hated playing against him. And um, it's a bit like, obviously, the guy's not as good as Fulton. Like Daryl Lloyd, at, when, he was, when he was at Belfast, he got under everybody's skins. And I'm pretty sure Nicker said that he would never want, he doesn't like playing, he would never want to play against Fulton for that exact reason, because that's what he is. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's a stereotypical agitator, isn't he? Yeah. But an absolutely, I say, the first season he was just a points machine agitator. The second season, I would say he put He's up... Done good. Especially for a guy who plays that agitator role, he still put up good points. He put up 61 points in 57 games. So yeah, I think he still... He's still over still, yeah, he still put up good points, but probably not, that not first season was just... Like, the Flyers went through that, that spell in the second half of that season where they were on the crest of a wave and a lot of their good stuff and a lot of it gets attributed to Lukasiewicz's introduction and I think that's probably fair but the points that Fulton put up in that period were were fantastic I don't think it is fair though Graham I think it was putting Tim Hartung as the centre of the first line I think I think everything just kind of fell into place. I yeah, think Lucas addition yes, it, caused all of those all of those things to happen. A bit like last season as well. It, it balanced the lines with Nico coming in last season. It balanced the lines. It, it gave. It, we found a good combination of three lines. And that's what, then, that's what the hope is obviously this year for the players that they're bringing in that we don't have to <clears throat> wait until but, December. Yeah, we don't no. have to keep chopping and changing. Yeah. We hope that we can over the like over the two pieces friendlies and maybe the first. I don't know, four to six games roughly in the season, Challenge Cup games really, we can find a good combination of the three three lines and we'll be able to stick with that for the for the remainder of the season. Well, that's it, that first weekend for the Flyers is Challenge Cup games and, and it's, I mean, I mean, I would hope that the Flyers are going to be able to, to not finish bottom of the Challenge Cup group, regardless of what happens in that first weekend. So, you know those the you know so with with regard to the the preseason friendlies plus that weekend obviously the chance to play out. But anyway, going back to your yeah. your Walter Frame. Like you see, yeah, like John Fulton to me, uh, I think over his second season he done superb as well. Don't get me wrong, he did, he did, sorry. But you know it, the problem he had was because he went back for the season he had before because he was so outstanding the season before. It makes him look like he was poor the second season where he wasn't. He was still a very productive player for us. But that productivity dipped, probably to a point where it probably should have been that first year, I think. That's, yeah. that's what makes it, That's what made it a special season, and that's why it's remembered. Yeah, no, definitely. And maybe the 
the slight changes that we had that season, you know, and everybody went into that new season thinking it was going to be easy because how they played the season before or the end of the season before. And, you know, it never never happened. You know, we were poor for a big part of that season as a team. But Jordan Fulton was one of the guys I highly rated over both seasons. And, you know, he's my choice for the fourth and up TNT. So next week's the last one, Andrew. It is, yes. And I have a wee idea. Because I found it so hard this week, I didn't find it so hard. There was about, I'd say, five, six players that I tossed and turned about. I was just couldn't make up what to go for. Um, And everyone probably has a right to be on it and... So I'd like to put out there for all the guys who listen, also all the guys and girls, obviously, um, everybody that listens to this, if you want to get in contact with either myself or Graham before next week's show, which will probably, again, be a, will be a Tuesday, probably, Graham. Probably next Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, next Tuesday. Get in touch. And you tell me who you think should go on it and sell it to me. Give me why you think she'd be on it. And see if you can, I, how do you put it, if you can convince me to pick that one player because I'm, I'm not going to say who the guys are that have that have been in my thinking but tell me who you think it should be um, and try and persuade me into getting them sounds good so Graham you're not getting a say though no that's okay <laughs> I assume I assume you're going to still have final say in this Andrew I do I do get final final say definitely so even, even if I'll make this up see even if 40 years say one player and three years say another player doesn't mean that I'm not going to pick that one that's had three votes. Yeah, so it's not a vote, it's just suggestions and the yeah, reasons Yeah, suggestion for that. reasons, yeah. yeah. It's not yeah, a vote, exactly. it's more just suggestions why you should think of it. Because maybe you have a point that I won't think about on, on a player and go, well, that's such a very valid point and, I, and I'll understand why they should be in it and it might sway my, my decision. But like Graham said, I will have the final decision on it, seeing as it is my wall. <laughs> So, suggestions on Twitter, Facebook, and to the email as well. That's, that's, that sounded a bit cocky, though, didn't it? Sorry? That sounded a bit cocky, though, didn't it? That's right, it's your wall. I know, but well, it's my wall that you made me have, though, to be honest. Yeah, no, but it was just, it was a, do you know, it was a lame joke against Brayhead that really... Yes, and it's getting the, very serious now. By the time we got round to it, I, I think most people had forgotten about it. Aye. And you put all this pressure on me now to, to think valid reasons why we have good players. Oh, right, yeah, so yeah, A frame 88, sorry. I'm just bubbling on that. A frame 88. A frame 88 on Twitter. Yeah. Awesome. Right. We've got a couple of minutes now, Andrew, to talk very quickly about. I mean, I think we'll talk about the Brit picture on a wider scale next week, but just a few words on the fact that Alan Anderson. Beanie has a has made the decision to I suppose like I, like I said in the, in the intro stay with the Kestrels because I know he split time between the Kestrels and the Flyers last year but he won't be icing for the Flyers at all next year yeah I think it's a great move for, for Beanie I think it was the best decision for him congratulations to him on getting the captaincy there you know it's like a very proud moment for him I presume you know getting to be a captain in any team is also a proud moment, but I, I don't feel he would have got, especially now with the extra import coming in, even, I know he's a, he's a forward, so 
last season would be the same with the extra board. There was only one Brit space on the on the third line anyway. He isn't going to get the game time in Fife at the Flyers. So he's going to, you know, he's going to be there. He's going to be the main man, really. McKessels, he's captain. He'll be, I presume, first line. He'll be playing on their special teams. He'll, the kind of way that, you know, the inputs we have, he'll be the go-to guy, the experienced guy now, especially with Kessels losing uh, Daryl Venters and Andy Finlay to retirement. I think it's a great move for him. And actually, while we're on that, congratulations to Daryl Benters and, and Andy Finlay on two great careers as well. Yeah, superb. I, I got the, I say the privilege, because it was a privilege, you know, these guys were very good players for Flyers back in the BNL and that. And I went to see them a few, the Kessels a few times last season and, you know, they're still good players for at that level and, you know, like we say, congratulations to them on a very good and, we could say, successful career. You know, they they done well with Flyers. They won a few things playing for the Flyers. And they were part of that, that group that won yep. quite a lot under Mo with the Flyers and then obviously their time with the Kestrels has been really successful as well. Especially, you know, winning the league the last two seasons and what better way to, you know, to end your career on, on being the league champions. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so congratulations to, to they two. Yeah, back on Beanie, I think, like I said, great move for him. Um, I wish him all the best. And I'm, I'm a bit sad that he didn't get the game time I think he probably could have, should have and could have had at Fife. Because I think he would have been one of our better Brits, in my own opinion. You know, everybody has their opinions on who they think is the best in terms of the guys that we have from the last few seasons. But I think he could have been up there as one of our better Brits over the league, league uh, seasons. Um, and it's a shame to see him go, but I wish him all the best and... No, I think you've done an outstanding job for the Kestrels. Yeah, I think I think for me, he strikes me as probably, in terms of the Brit forwards, maybe the one with the most natural offensive talent. And yeah. and that's probably, that's the disappointing thing for me, is that he maybe didn't quite get enough of a game with with the Flyers. But, you know, like, such is life. He's, uh, he's obviously... He's going to be captain in the Kestrels. He's going to still be playing at a decent enough level and he's going to be one of the better players in that league. And I would expect him, if he's playing full-time with the Kestrels next year, to probably put up more points than than what he did last year. Yeah, and, I, yeah. And probably reproduce that and, and be a catalyst to reproduce that that success that the, that the Kestrels had over the last couple of seasons. So... No, best of luck to him at the Kestrels, and, and and I know that obviously the Kestrels is something that we'll be able to keep an eye on over the next year or so, and just see how how he's doing there. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's probably as good a time as any to draw things to a close, Andrew. Thank you for talking to me again this Tuesday afternoon. It's it's been my pleasure, Graham. <laughs> and thanks to everyone else that's been listening today. Don't forget get your wall of frame suggestions into Andrew on Twitter at aframe88 then you can also get us on you can also get those on Facebook facebook.com slash blog. you can send them to me on Twitter at murdochockey but all I'm going to do is I'm going to forward them on to Andrew you can also email them to us murdochockeyblog at gmail.com so huge thank you for everyone for listening tonight Uh, and we'll speak to you again soon